0: What's up, guys? You're listening to Confessions of a Gym Ride, getting you through the 9 to 5 as healthily and happily as possible. I hope that you guys are having a fabulous Monday. And if you're not watching this on YouTube, I highly suggest that you do because I'm not gonna lie, I'm having a good hair day today, and I wanna show it off. Um anyway though, this week was a good week. You know, I did a little traveling. I haven't traveled in about like a month now, so I went out to Chicago, had a great time trying to get my microphone to settle in the place that I want it to, like always. Um, But I'm super, super excited to sit down and talk to you guys today because I have so much to say. I have been waiting since Wednesday to be able to sit down and give you guys this episode. But before we get into the juicy stuff, of course, I've written down some stuff that I wanted to talk to you guys about that I've just encountered. This week, And the first one was I was in Chicago, as I just said, and I did my work, my two workouts in the hotel gym. I was there Wednesday. I got in Wednesday afternoon. I left Friday morning. So Wednesday and Thursday worked out little gym, not much, not much going on. They had like a cable machine, some dumbbells, cardio equipment, got the job done. Um, But how it was set up is the gym was right next to the pool. So those areas are kind of like together. It was like an indoor pool because, you know, Chicago, we're not anywhere crazy. So I go through my whole push day. Now I'm getting ready to go on the elliptical because that's what I decided I wanted to do for cardio, which by the way, I haven't used an elliptical in a very long time. And I think the reason why is because when I, I'm going on a tangent now. When I first started going to the gym consistently, I was like, oh, I'm going to do five miles every day on the elliptical, and then I'm going to be skinny, and that's going to be great. And I think I just really scarred myself from those days of not knowing anything but sitting on the elliptical and not seeing any results that I've, like, refused to get on an elliptical since. But they... I prefer an elliptical to actual running. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I, I don't really do this. They don't have one at Kingdom. So let me go for it. Loved it, by the way. Great experience. Um, But anyway, I see this family of five in the pool. Or not five, but there were five children and a dad in the pool area. And they ranged, the kids ranged from probably about one year old to... 11, somewhere around there. So the two oldest ones come over and they're like out of the pool area and get on the treadmills that are next to me. No shoes on, just barefoot and start running on this thing. And I'm like, I'm keeping my mouth shut because I don't know who's like, it's not my job to go and parent anybody else's children. But at the same time, I've always lived by, I've always lived by the rule of, you know, don't ever tell anybody, like, what to do. Like, don't give unsolicited advice in the gym, even if it's an 11-year-old, unless they're at harm's risk. And running barefoot on the treadmill seemed, like, at harm's risk to me. But I just let it go, and the dad came out with the rest of the kids, and then he lets them kind of just free-for-all around the gym And it was cute. Like the, like the two older ones were like taking the five pound weights and doing like bicep curls. And I'm like, that's nice. Like, that's a nice behavior to like encourage in your young children. But he's letting like the one year old, there had to been like a one and two year old, like these, these little things couldn't say words. They were in between the one year old, or I'm assuming was one year old was half crawling, half walking. And the other kids are running around, jumping on like the bench, grabbing dumbbells, like throwing medicine balls. And the dad's just standing there watching. And I understand that as a parent of a lot of kids, you know, there's, there's times where you probably don't know what to do with them. He was probably just passing time, like letting them be happy. But I would never put my one year old baby child and let her crawl around a gym floor where my other rambunctious children are throwing heavy items. And they all, listen, they all made it out alive and safe, thank God. But I was actually having anxiety on that elliptical just watching them. Like, how is his dad okay with his kid, his baby crawling on the floor where his other like elementary level kids are literally like slamming balls? It just didn't sit didn't sit right with me. I'm like, if you want to go and encourage like, you know, the middle school or whatever, like, yeah, these are the benefits of lifting weights. Like that's a great habit, but it's, the gym is not like a play zone. You can seriously get, I mean, I'm a, a, a professional and I've dropped a weight on my foot before, you know, and that hurts. You dropped the, like, I dropped a 25 pound weight on my big toe and it was per, like blood clot, purple. We don't need to get into it if you drop a 25 pound weight on a one-year-old's hand, it's going to be shattered without a doubt. So that's that. I don't know. But anyway, so I got my workout done that same day. I went out to, well, I went to go shower obviously, and then put on a little outfit, went out to go get dinner. And I just had this thought. So I'm five, two and a half. You guys know I'm not tall by any means. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily like a short, short girly. Like there's a lot of girls shorter than me. But I'm not tall. I'm not I'm below the average height for a woman. And I put on my nice little dress from Princess Polly, which Princess Polly is not like Shein. You're not paying five dollars for a dress. They're like expensive. Um and it's a nice thick like ribbed dress. And I'm walking down the street and every 10 feet. I have to pull the dress down. And I've noticed the same thing about skirts that I've been wearing too lately, where it's like, I have to pull my skirts down every 10 feet or so. Cause they just keep riding up. And I've just got so frustrated in the moment because I'm like, this should not be like, if I'm five, two and a half and I'm having these problems, like my cousin, Alexis, who was on the podcast last week is like two inches taller than me. How far up her ass would this dress be? And I was like, I don't know. Is it because I have like a decent sized caboose not to toot my own horn? I don't know. I mean, it's natural that a dress is going to ride up a little bit. I get that. But how about as a whole, like we start making these little mini dresses, like two inches longer to compensate for that? Because I like, and I was like, oh my gosh, Liz, you're drawing your attention to yourself. Like stop pulling at your dress. People are going to notice it more, but then I would go and like walk and try not to touch it. But then I'd, I'd have to grab it again because I'm like, I'm going to flash a butt cheek on the street of Chicago's. And that sounds like a terrible idea. So why at five, two and a half, am I having these problems? You know, like I I don't, what did the tall girlies do? And if you have a good company you could buy mini dresses and you're not at risk of showing a cheek every 10 steps. Please let me know because I will shop from there in the future. That's my PSA. What else did I have written down? I kept some stuff in my notes. Oh, okay. Every time I get my nails done, I post like a picture of it because I'm just so proud. And I got my nails done last week. If you're watching on YouTube, you could see there this nice light pink color. Um, and then I'm pink's always been like one of my favorite colors, but I'm really like Barbie really just got me even more into my pink zone lately. But every time I get my nails done, multiple of my friends, you know, my aunt will ask me like my best friends will ask me, Oh, what color is that? And they'll be like, Oh, like I need to stop getting funny bunny or like bubble bath. And I listen to like people talk about another podcast and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, I got, I keep on getting Jade or like whatever, saying like specific names of nail polish." How do you find those out? How does it work at your nail salon? I'm very curious because all the nail salons that I've been to, I've been to quite a few. You know, you got to Goldilocks and the Three Bears it until you find the one that's comfortable for you. Every nail salon that I've been to, they go by numbers. So when they say, oh, pick a color, I don't know. I mean, unless it's like, I've always been to nail salons that they have swatches. So it's like on those like little nail swatches, like pick a color and then they're numbered. So then I'll go and be like, oh, can I have 85? Can I have 127? (sighs) I guess, do you guys go to nail salons that it's like when they say pick a color, you go from the wall and you grab it? I don't know. Because I feel bad every time someone's like, oh, what color is this? I'm like... I don't know, but I know that it was OPI and the number was 127 at my nail salon. I'm so sorry. So I don't know. Maybe I just got to start squinting and looking at the um, bottle when they come. But how the heck do you guys know? Like, am I being ignorant? Am I being stupid? Because I only know the numbers. And I'll tell, like I used to tell my aunt all the time, like she'd be like, oh, what color is that? What color is that? And I'm like, girl, I don't know. I just pick a number and I let them at it. So I don't know that, but we went to the same nail salon and she would always ask me, what's the name of the color? So it must've, I must be doing something wrong because she knew the name, but I would only see a number. I don't know. It's probably a me problem, I guess, but yeah, that was my random thought. Um, As far as TV goes this week, I'm still on my Sopranos grind. Uh, it's good that's all I really have to say but I really don't have much to say about it but Only Murders in the Building came back and I'm I am very excited that it's back I think I talked about this a while ago but I started watching Only Murders in the Building because I attempted to see Jesse Williams when he was in Take Me Out on Broadway twice and we don't need to recap that story because if you're an OG listener you know and if you're not then go back and listen um But a lot of the cast members were on Only Murders in the Building. So I was like, oh, watch it. Selena Gomez, like Steve Murray and Martin Short. They are such a great trio. I like, gosh, Steve Martin and Martin Short are just so stinking cute. So stinking cute. So I'm so excited that it's back. But, but, I've been excited. Because I know that Jesse Williams is in this season. And there he was. First episode, he didn't say much. I think he's got a small role. But it, it's, it sure is nice seeing that face on television. Wow. It, something about it makes me want to restart Grey's Anatomy again. But that's a deep hole that I don't know if I can afford to get myself into right now. Uh, but I watched the first two episodes off to a phenomenal start. Just like the past two seasons, you know. Sometimes when a show is that good, like, the great shows are what I consider the greats, you know, were like, One Tree Hill, where it wasn't, like, a case, like, one season wasn't one case. You know what I mean? Um, I'm trying to think of other shows that are, exa- like, they're just ongoing. You know, with Only Murders in the Building, it's, like, the first season was a first murder. The second season was a second murder. Same thing with, like, Outer Banks. You know, first season is they're on this treasure hunt, then they're on this treasure hunt. It can that could be a slippery slope, because eventually at some point the ideas are gonna get so far-fetched and stupid. Seasons or episodes one and two are off to a great start. We have Paul Rudd playing a major part, which I've never seen Paul Rudd flop. And listen, Ant-Man's not my favorite, but he did a great job being Ant-Man. I've never seen him flop. And fun fact, the first thing I've ever seen him in was Friends, actually, not Clueless. But then I, I've seen Clueless since. Um, and Meryl Streep is in it, too. And she's playing, like, a different kind of role. Like, I haven't really seen, like, her play, like, a sh- little shy girl, woman before. So, you know, you got to love Meryl Streep. Jersey, Jersey born and raised. But it's a, it's an all-star studded cast. And I'm excited To keep watching, but that's really it. That's been my media update. I haven't really watched too much else. Although this isn't like watching TV or anything, but I my brother has looped me into doing the dozen trivia every day. And it is honestly, I love it. So me and Tamara, every day we'll go on like the New York Times, like where they have the wordle and stuff. We'll do the connections. It's like they give you like 16 words or something and you have to group them in fours. It's kind of hard, honestly. My brother's been doing The Dozen trivia or The Daily Dozen. So if you're unaware, The Dozen is a competition show that Barstool hosts like internally. They have teams um, and they'll ask like X amount of questions and it'll be like different topics between sports, food, pop culture, celebrity, stuff like that. So they have a daily version online. I think I just typed in like Daily Dozen trivia and it comes up and it's free and we've been doing it. Every day, my brother and I, and sending it to each other. And it's freaking hard. It's freaking hard. I'm not good at the sports. I'm not. When they say, like, what what defensive back, like, was blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know, man. I, I got most of, the like, the entertainment ones. The snacks and candy, please. Always have that one. Celebrity mashups. Yesterday's celebrity mashup was John Stamos and Tina Fey, and I got it instantly. I was like, I... I instantly know what this is. Today's was Brie Larson, and who was it? I don't even think I know who this other guy was, which was really pathetic. Um, let me see. John Hamm. Oh, I do know who John Hamm is. Sorry. Yeah, there were there was a few like. Um, let's see today's television was contestants had to make as little noise as possible during challenges to earn money on this MTV game show from 2009 to 2011. I said game of silence. It was silent library. Uh, I'm not going to read all of them, but it's really fun. And it's a good way to like get your brain started before the day starts. I like to do it. Like I'll go, I'll get into work, I'll settle down and then I'll go like do, a, like do the little trivia. Cause it takes me like two minutes and then my brain's all fired up to get locked in. To work so that's my those are my life updates for for now I guess we're gonna get into some weekly highlights and then I have a lot to talk to you guys about today so we are going to waste no time no time at all all right weekly highlights are back people I did not do them last week because honestly it didn't occur to me to ask Alexis what her weekly highlights were and now that I'm looking back at it, It's a shame that I didn't. That would have been a fun little thing for me to do instead of making it all about me. But here we are again. And it will be all about me this time. Um, My health and fitness related highlight for the week is the fact that I went on three. No, I'm sorry, four runs. Mm -hmm. I went on four runs. Some last week, some this week. But the fact that I've been doing it and, and I've been decreasing my time is impressive to me because you guys know how much I hate running. I tried to pick it up in the beginning of the summer. I stopped. I'm back at it again. And every time I'm decreasing my time by a little bit. And I will not tell you what the time is because it is embarrassing and I'm not ready to share it yet. But um, I've also just been watching everybody get new hokas and they're really stinking cute and I want some, but I'm like, you don't. Deserve hokas if you're not going to run. You do not, like, we cannot be spending money willy nilly, Liz. If you want hokas, then you need to run. It doesn't have to be far, it doesn't have to be long, but you must be consistent with it. So I'm going to try and do that, get more into that, and then maybe I'll reward myself with a pair of hokas. But it's been good. I've been plugging on my Jonas brothers. I find that it's like the first quarter of a mile. I'm like, I fucking hate this. And then it gets better. And then I'm like, okay, I'm numb to it. I'm better. And then when I'm almost home, like almost done, I'm like, fuck, I hate this again. But anyway, the fact that I, I got myself to do it is impressive for me. Might not be impressive for you. You might run every day. You might run far, you might not. But for me, I don't do it really ever. So this is a great step. Me and my non health and fitness related highlight. um, I did not, I realized, I had the realization this week that I have not gone out for ice cream once this summer. Not intentionally, not because I'm like, oh, ice cream, it's bad for you. No, 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 no. I love ice cream. Ice cream is my favorite food, my favorite dessert. I could eat ice cream all day, every day, and have not a single problem in the world. I have a problem actually where you can give me ice cream and I will have to finish it. So if there's ever like an ice cream challenge at a restaurant where you get a t-shirt, sign me up because nothing's stopping me. Um, It hit me this week though that I, I guess I've just been so busy doing other things that I haven't gone out for ice cream this summer. So my dad and I went yesterday and we sat in the back of my truck, truck, I don't have a truck, I have a Wrangler, sat in the back of my trunk. And I just got a classic vanilla soft serve with rainbow sprinkles, and it made me so happy. I love ice cream, and I love rainbow sprinkles. And I'm very happy that I checked that off my list, and I intend to do it again before the summer is over. I love, I really love ice cream. I'm gonna move on to the next topic now because I'm, I'm gonna start to get very hungry, and I could go on a very long Tangent about why I love ice cream, but I won't because this is a health and fitness related podcast. about to have a freaking field day talking about this next topic with you guys. And the reason why I decided to make it its own little segment was two reasons. One, you guys know that I love Vanderpump Rules. And based on a lot of your guys' feedback, a lot of you guys do too. Second, it really ties into like, there was like a big mental health aspect, which you guys know I'm like a huge advocate for. So I really wanted to go in on all my thoughts about this. So if you have not been keeping up with what's been going on lately, Raquel Levis did her first interview since Scandal, since the VPR reunion. And it was not good it was not good. So she decided to go on Bethany Frankel's podcast. And honestly, I've heard a lot of talk about Bethany Frankel lately and not a lot of great things. So I looked her up a few weeks ago and she was a real housewives of New York. She has the company Skinny Licious, which honestly I, or not Skinny Licious, I think it's Skinny Girl. Yeah. I used to use their syrups all the time. And then I realized that it's crap for your body. And I don't need it in my coffee. So I did. I did use to use them. Um, But she is on this new like campaign to take down reality TV. Now, mind you, reality TV has given her a lot of money. Um, She's also like she's this whole thing about reality TV and Bravo like exploits their cast members like we don't get paid enough, blah, blah, blah. All the while exploiting it herself. Um, it, I listened to her podcast for the first time this week to the three episodes Raquel was on, and I've never witnessed more ads in a podcast than this one. Like honestly, insane. Um, I don't. I I don't know her, Bethany Frankel. This is all I've listened to from her, but I can say that after this podcast, I really don't like her. I really really don't like her. I would highly recommend if you know anything about what's going on with Scandival to listen to this podcast. It was truly infuriating. Honestly, I don't, I think that Raquel's PR team was probably like, oh, this will be a nice and easy one. Like she hates reality TV and all that. Like she's totally going to throw some bones to Raquel. So let's have her do an interview with Bethany Frankel and not like Andy Cohen or, or someone more aware of the situation because Bethany Frankel mentioned many times during the episode that she's never watched Vanderpump rules. So she has like absolutely no idea what's going on. Um, just to give you guys a quick little background in case you are interested, because even if you haven't watched Vanderpump rules, I would like for you to sit through this segment because it does have some on like importance to it at some point, I promise. But just a little background in case you're not aware. um, Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox have been dating for 10 years. They're life partners. Like Ariana... I just lost her name. Ariana's not really like a marriage type of person, but they live together, blah, blah, blah. Who knows about their relationships behind the scenes, whatever, but they have a house together, and they've been dating for 10 years. Um, Raquel and Sandoval had an affair for eight months this past season and it all came out and leaked and whatever. So there was a big blow up and unfortunately it all leaked right before they were going to film the reunion. So when they did film the reunion, it was a bloodbath. And I talked about this a few episodes or many episodes ago, I guess now, and I put it on my YouTube as well. I do think that the reunion, um, I think Ariana did overstep a little bit. But I'll get into that. I'll get into that. So anyway, Raquel basically went into hiding for like uh, from March until now. She did check herself into the Meadows, which is a mental health facility, just to kind of understand it, it, it was more of like an inpatient therapy type of thing. It's not like a psych ward. It's like she wanted to understand why was she putting herself in relationships like this. Like why did she do the things? that she did. And according to her, she has been on antidepressants for about five years now. So that's great. You know, when I heard that, I was like, that's great. You know, she did something really bad. Whether her and Ariana were best friends off camera or not, she's still your colleague. She's still some sort of your friend. She might not be your best friend in the whole entire world, but your friends. I mean, there was scenes of you guys getting ready together and whatnot. Um, You don't do that. Even if... You're not friends. Even if you hate each other's guts, you, some, like, if a man's unavailable because he's in a relationship, you need to respect that. It's, it's unbelievably damaging and just an extremely selfish thing to do. So she starts off with this episode being like, kind of like, kind of wanting to say, like, yeah, I've worked on myself, blah, blah, blah. But then, Bethany, and Bethany's who I really have the problem with, is feeding her all these questions and prompting her in a way to say, no, Raquel, you shouldn't feel bad. They should feel bad for the way that they treated you. Afterwards, you didn't do anything wrong. I mean, she was saying things like, you're on a TV show, you know, what do they expect when they're letting you drink alcohol and be in bars? I'm like, um... Getting drunk and being in a bar scene is not an excuse to have an eight-month affair with somebody. It's not an excuse to go and pursue somebody who's in a relationship. It's so the way that Bethany Frankel literally excused her behavior disgusted me. Absolutely repulsed me. It not that Raquel seemed too remorseful. I think she was more of like, um. Wanted to express that she's been working on herself and talk about that. Not really. She didn't really touch on like how she hurt the people that she was close to or worked with or whatever you want to call it. Didn't really see a lot of like remorse as far as I feel bad for the people I hurt. It was more of like, oh, my gosh, I feel bad that I did this because it's a bad thing in general. You know, which is one, one step, I suppose, you know, and she kept saying, and then Bethany was kind of prompting her to, to, to rewire her thinking, like kind of reverse all this work she did in her therapy and like, no, Raquel, like you had a reason for this. And then you see this shift in Raquel's tone where it's kind of like, oh yeah, I did. I mean, you guys don't know what I was going through. And I'm like, you don't know why, like why I was attracted to Tom. And I'm like listening to it. And I've been on the end of being like the one who's been cheated on. And I, I thought that it was disgustingly lame. Her excuse. I've also been on the end of, you know, I've been through terrible breakups like she has. I'm on antidepressants like she is. I struggle with my mental health. I sure do. I've talked to you guys about that that's not an excuse to pursue a basically married man. You know, I understand that she found comfort in him, but unfortunately some people are off the market and you need to respect that. There's a difference between putting yourself first and like doing the, just doing a bad thing. I'm all for putting yourself first, you know, do what makes you healthy and happy and comfortable, but that's not one of them. If you have to like ruin innocent people's lives, that's not what's best for you. It's not, I mean, it's not, look what it cost her. So I didn't like that from her. I did, I saw a lot of excuses for her behavior. It was like, and I'm, I worked on myself, sure, but here's the reason why I did it. And this is what excuses it in the first place. So I didn't really think the conversation was that productive. And I think there was a lot of fabricating of the truth. Because in the reunion, she was saying, you know, she she recalled the restraining order on Sheena because it was unnecessary. She didn't need to do it. And then she gets on Bethany's podcast and is like, no, I needed to. I felt unsafe. And the way that she kept saying things like, I felt unsafe. I was emotionally abused. Kind of made light of situations of actual abuse. And I know that there are there are many different degrees of abuse, and there's different degrees within each category of abuse. I've been in relationships that are emotionally um, and verbally abusive. It's I'm not proud of it. Honestly, I wish I could not relate, but unfortunately, that's the truth. Um, and there are different degrees, you know. There's people that experience it more often than others. There's, But uh, emotional abuse is emotional abuse, period. The only thing that she referred to as emotional abuse was the reunion. She said, yes, I was, I, I've been emotionally abused, blah, blah, blah. She sat down in front of the girl whose basically husband she's been having an affair with for the past eight months. And Ariana reamed her out. And this is where I'm going to get back into what I was saying before. Um, I said it when it first started, so I did not like the things that Ariana said. Um, I think I can't fault her for necessarily. Like, I don't know how I, I mean, I know how I would react in that situation. I would be as pissed off as her. Things would come flying out of my mouth. And it's a unique situation because they were forced to be in the same room talking to each other. After, you know, when I, like, I was in Ariana's shoes, like, I wanted to go nowhere near anybody because I had nothing nice to say. So, yes, we're not we're not expecting Ariana to say the nice things, and this was a fresh wound, but um, I do hope there's remorse on her part for saying things like, you're unworthy of anything, like, you're subhuman. Um, I think it's, Ariana has the right to voice her frustration and and like dislike to Raquel but to I don't like the whole telling people they're unworthy they're not worth anything they're nothing they're subhuman because I do I mean I don't know with anything with Raquel because she's a pathological liar but you you don't know who's on antidepressants and who's not if you met me on the street if you met me at the bar you wouldn't know that I'm on antidepressants you know, so I think that taking away the value of anyone's life and telling them that they don't mean anything is too far. I said that the first time around. I'm saying it again now. I didn't like that. Um, but I don't like Raquel playing victim in this situation, being like, they emotionally abused me at the reunion. Like, what do you think you did to her? You actually wrecked her life. Like, we well, didn't wreck her life. She's doing fine. You ruined her relationship. You don't think that it's like it's not warranted to ever emotionally abuse someone. But what did you expect her to be calm and nice? And I'll, it's kind of like one of those things where if you make your bed, you got to lie in it. You know, I didn't like the things she was saying, but it wasn't constant. You know, it was a one time thing. And then Ariana never said anything about her on the Internet. At all. She hasn't said anything about Raquel. Since then, she's made little like under undertone jokes about Sandoval, but she it was a one time thing. And it really sounded to me like Raquel was abusing the term emotional abuse, um, playing victim and trying to spin it. So she looked like the innocent. She's sitting there saying quotes like, if anybody watches the show, you know, I'm this innocent, sweet girl. And I'm like, stop, like, I honestly thought it was very pathetic that she was sitting there on this podcast trying to flip. She essentially was trying to flip the switch and say, it's not me who did anything. I was wrong. And Bethany's sitting there encouraging it, going, yeah, yeah, you were exploited. You were exploited. Listen, you sign up for reality TV, you got to know what you're getting yourself into. I know what you're getting yourself into, and I've never been on reality TV. You owe them whatever they want, you know? And we know as viewers that we're not seeing a lot. I mean, we know they might not all be buddy-buddy and hang out in the, in the off-season. It just is what it is. It's reality TV. It's entertaining, but we're not stupid. Us, or I shouldn't speak for everyone, but I'm not stupid as a viewer. I know that we're not seeing everything. I know that things get edited out and that sound bites get taken and they're getting paid to hang out with each other. It's fine. We know this. But she was trying to be like, I was exploited by Bravo for this whole thing. Um, when you decided to have an eight month affair with your co star, what did you think was going to happen? You don't just get to do something bad and get let off the hook with it. I mean, it's like a few months later now and I don't really see anyone like just randomly spreading hate for Raquel online. It's more of Sandoval now. But when it happened, like, yeah, you were gonna get exploited. And Bravo, of course they loved that the ratings were up and they were making money off of this stuff. They didn't force you to have the affair. You did that. You walked right into their trap. I'm sorry, but I do not feel bad for her in that sense. If you make your bed, you have to lie in it, okay? And I think that going to a mental health facility was the right choice for her to understand, okay, why did I do this? I can see now that it was a bad thing. Why did I do it? And it seems like that she had that mindset and then got onto Bethany's podcast, and all of a sudden, Bethany's like, no, it's not your fault. And I feel like it was just very, very unproductive. Um... And then it switched gears into this whole. Oh, you know what? I wanted to mention one thing before that. The whole Sheena thing—that's what I was talking about. The with the restraining order or whatever. She gets on Bethany's podcast, and all of a sudden, is like, "Oh yeah, like I felt unsafe." I'm like, Sheena's like five foot two. She was with you in the moment. You're like, what? Feeling unsafe is when like you're getting. Actually, I don't know. I just I felt like there's so many people who are in unsafe situations and unhealthy relationships that this was not. She didn't need to file a restraining order against Sheena. Um, she also kept saying, and she's been saying this before, I have a permanent scar on my eyebrow. It's only been since March, so you don't know if it's permanent. I know if you sue someone for like if you get into an accident or something, you have to wait a year to prove you have permanent injuries. Also, her whole thing was Sheena sucked me in the eye. I have nails, just like Sheena's are a little bit longer than mine, but I have some long coffin nails. If I'm doing a punch, whether it's my thumb inside or my thumb outside, and I'm punching you, my fingernail can't cut you. It's just not possible if I suck you in the eye unless I only punch you with my thumb. If you're watching on YouTube, you could physically see it right now. I can't sock her in the eyebrow and make a mark with my nails. And that's what she was claiming happened. So it actually just doesn't make sense. And I thought that maybe she shouldn't have even brought that up because it just took away her credibility for everything else. Everything else she was saying now, I'm like, how do I believe this? And this goes into the whole second part where Bethany started asking her all these questions about how Bravo exploited her and like the workplace and stuff. And this is the part that I found interesting, but I don't think that it was appropriate for Raquel's first interview back. I think that her first interview back should have been expressing her change, speaking on her experiences and expressing her remorse. And then maybe down the line or in a week or two weeks or something, then you have a conversation about like working at Bravo and that whole thing. Because with Bethany's questions prompting her to say bad things about Bravo and being mistreated and all that stuff, the whole interview as a whole sounded more of a, woe is me, like everybody should feel bad for me, not a I'm sorry and I'm trying to be a better person podcast. Because I started off listening to it being like, okay, she's here. She wants to be different. And by the end, I was like, nope, she doesn't take any of this blame. She's not remorseful at all. Um, sadly, I don't know what's the truth and that's what's not the truth about what she talked about. Because she did say she was like severely underpaid and she's going through all this debt. Or debt, debt. And then Lisa Vanderpump came out and was like, no, no, no. Here's the stubs. Like this is how much she got paid. And it was like $300,000 or something. For last season. So there's another thing that takes away from her credibility. And I'm like, I can't really, I don't really know what she's saying is true or not. I don't know if I should believe it. But she did bring up valid points. So whether or not these are true, that really happened to her. She did bring up valid points that I wanted to talk to you guys about. And that's why I was like, if you haven't watched Vanderpump Rules, still listen to this because I think it's worth it. Um, she talked a lot about how she was offered like a mental, like she was told she would get like a mental health professional with her at the reunion in case something happened, you know, because she obviously was not mentally stable. They took that away from her. Bethany was kind of victimizing Andy being like, you got verbally abused on stage and then Andy told you to sit there and come back. And I'm like, well, it's... It's reality TV, so it's a little bit different. You know, people are going to say mean things to you. You're going to get into fights. That's part of it. But um, I do think that there was a point where it needed to be stopped, and it wasn't. Like, at what point, as a Bravo like HR executive, do you draw the line? You know, because it's like Ariana was screaming at her, saying like, "Oh, you're demented and diabolical," whatever. But then once you start saying you are worth nothing, that's when HR has got to be like, mm, now we're crossing the lines of like, this could cause uh, somebody to do really bad things to themselves. So let's like, like now it's not, now it's not just TV drama anymore. Now you're putting someone's life like at risk. So I do think that there needs to be more clear. I w- like I would like to know more about how HR works in that industry because it's like, yeah, you do get rewarded based on fighting with each other and stuff. Whereas, like, gosh, if somebody called me diabolical and demented in my office and HR heard it, it would be an immediate problem. Um, so she did bring up good points there. And I think that that's worth discussing and investigating. Um, but I don't, I don't know. She also said that it was a violation of her HIPAA laws that Andy Cohen was like... I wouldn't be surprised if she's on medication. Andy Cohen does not know if she's on medication or not because that is what HIPAA protects. HIPAA protects anybody who's not your doctor. Like it prevents your doctors from sharing information about your medical history and treatments. HIPAA does not state somebody can't speculate. Speculate. You know, if you wanted to sit right now and say to whoever's sitting next to you, oh, I think like based on the way she's talking that she's probably on medication. That's not a violation of my HIPAA law. That's just your opinion. If Andy Cohen knew for a fact, that would be a violation on the doctor's end and then also a violation on his end to go out and be like, hey, I know that Raquel is on medication. That's a violation. But to speculate is not a violation. So there was just multiple accounts of her. Abusing these terms that are very serious to other people to try and get, like, woe is me, like, sympathy. And I have no respect for that. I don't like it in regular life. You know, there are people who go through terrible, terrible, terrible things. And that's not to minimize your own situation. You know, just because somebody's going through something worse doesn't mean you're going through something bad. But I cannot stand it when people fabricate. And lie about serious things because it minimizes it from the, like, it minimizes it from the people who are actually suffering from it. You know, it's like Amber Heard in that whole trial. She was going on saying, oh, Johnny Depp, like, did this, did that, like, physically abused me. And it eventually came out that she lied about it. And then we, like, there are women out there actually getting physically abused and people who don't believe them. Or whatnot, or they don't get help because people don't pay attention to it because people like Amber Heard are crying wolf about it. And I think that as a woman, it's very disrespectful because a lot of women struggle with things like physical abuse, emotional abuse, rape, terrible, terrible, terrible things. And we owe it to those women, as women ourselves, to to be heard and to be believed. So to lie or exaggerate the truth about things and at least make it so obvious too, I think is just appalling, is appalling. But those are my opinions. I don't want to ramble anymore because I'm going to, my head's going to explode. Um. In summary, not impressed. I thought it was very pathetic, but I do think that it did open up a good conversation about like... There needs to be more for mental well-being on reality TV, especially like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Like they need to have mental health professionals there because reality TV is very like it's it does do like a number on you. So if you're going to sign up for it, like I think we need to start providing mental health resources for these people if that's how it's going to roll. I saved the good stuff for last this week. Honestly, this was inspired by the fact that I was listening to Chicks in the Office this week. I know it's been a debate between like my friends and I, but I heard them talking about it and so badly wanted to insert myself in the conversation and was like, wait, I, I have opinions on this. Like, let me speak. So I'm, and this is not for the guys. So if you're a guy, I would just fast. I would listen, tune in next week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, this is more for the gals and i made a tiktok and i asked and i only got like one response but it's okay. i said do you wear underwear when you work out? and the second question is do you think it's gross when people don't? and obviously i'm sitting here talking to myself so i can't get your answers off of it but i'm going to give you i'm going to give you my lowdown. when i first started going to the gym and stuff i did wear underwear underneath and i didn't love it. you know um when I ran track in high school and even playing soccer and stuff, we were always given the shorts that have like the built-in underwear and it's just looser. It's more comfortable. And if you're wearing underwear with the built-in underwear, you're weird. You know, like it's there for a reason. So I like, you know, it's not a weird thing to do. Um, and then I, I used to watch Whitney Simmons YouTube religiously. Like that was my Bible. Uh, and she mentioned one day, you know what? I don't, I don't wear it. I don't like the the underwear lines. Seamless bunches up, which is true. Everybody loves seamless underwear, and I hate it. Oh, my God. I, I get it, like, in theory. But first of all, my leggings are like, pretty tight, so you can still see the seam. And they're so prone to, like, bunching up and, like, curling up. You know what I mean? That then they're not – see. it's like they're seamless, but you could see them even more. Now, so – at first I was hesitant. And then I was like, you know what? Let me try it. If Whitney does it, I'll try it. And I haven't gone back. I honestly have not gone back since. I, there's been times where like I do exercise with underwear on now and I hate it. I feel so claustrophobic. I'm always like, I have to pull at it. I'm adjusting it. Cause you know, you're moving around and things, things move down there in uncomfortable spots. So then it's like. I'm grabbing, like, trying to fix it. And I just feel very sweaty. And it's funny because the, when I ask people and they say, yes, I do wear underwear, their main reason is, like, oh, you just get so sweaty. And I'm like, well, yeah, but with the underwear, it's like I feel like I can't breathe. Like, I'm enclosed, so that sweat is just, like, staying there. It's, it just seems – the whole idea of it seems clammy and gross, okay, Clammy. Clammy for emphasis. Uh I just I think that I have a lot more room to breathe. I feel a lot more free. I'm not pulling at my crotch. Um, and I don't think it's gross if you wash your leggings after. Think about underwear. Like you wear your underwear, and then you put it in the wash and it's clean, and then you wear your underwear again. A pair of pants essentially is no different. Now, jeans with no underwear, like that's kind of uncomfortable, but I have nice pairs and they're of leggings and it's, I think it's comfortable. And I think if you wash it afterwards, then it's hygienic. It's just like underwear. If you are wearing it like five times and not washing it, then that's really gross and that's not hygienic at all. But if you wash it afterwards, I don't see a problem. And then I haven't honestly like ever paid no, like, I've never paid attention to this myself, but I've heard from a lot of girls that it actually like lessens your discharge, which I hate that word. I it's I think it's so gross and I just like to pretend it doesn't exist uh, because you have more room to breathe, you know? And then I heard Fran and Rhea talking about on Chicks in the Office and their reasoning for like wanting to keep their underwear on is they're like, oh, it just gets so sweaty. And it's like you could see the sweat without underwear on through your leggings. And I... Love them, respect them to death, but I had a laugh at that one because I'm sweating all over the place and I don't care who sees it and where it is. I'm not like my, I'm going to say something because this is called Confessions of a Gym Rat and I'm going to confess my butt gets so sweaty when I exercise hard and I'm aware of it. Like I know if I'm going in public afterwards or even just walking, like I get off the bike, I know that I'm going to have a huge sweat stain, but I'm in the gym and that's part of it. So I don't care. I mean, it's just if you're going to be sweaty and if you're going to have sweat stains down there, let it be at the gym. It's a safe space for that. You're allowed to sweat at the gym. It's OK. But those are my. I don't know. So that's really all I have to say about it. Those are my reasonings, I think, to each its own. If you do wear underwear when you go to the gym, not my business. I don't care what you do. I don't think It's gross. If you don't wear underwear, I don't think it's gross unless you don't wash your pants. Then that's nasty. Come on now. I shouldn't have to tell you about that. But I don't, I think it's to each its own. And I don't think we need to ridicule people for either decision that they make. All right, guys. Well, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of Confessions of a Gym Rat. Make sure that you follow the podcast on Instagram at Confessions of a Gym Rat. And you subscribe on YouTube at Lifts with Liz. Follow me on Instagram and, and TikTok and all that at, at Lifts with Liz. And go to my website, liftswithlizcoaching.com, so we can one on one train together, build a nice, healthy lifestyle, get your butt up, and I'll hold you accountable and make some transformations happen. Have a happy and healthy week, and I will see you next Monday.